Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. It's been a crazy week. I've been helping out at VBC. And um, I guess it prepared me for this morning. Uh, when you're working with 36 preschoolers, be ready for anything. Sometimes you just throw your plans out the window and you go with what you need to do in the moment. And uh, so this morning has already been a little bit crazy. My wife, um, she's due in uh, nine days. And um, yeah, so my, the time is drawing near. And uh, she woke up this morning in a lot of pain, um, just in a lot of pain in her abdomen. And, just, she couldn't, she wasn't, we were worried about that, maybe, well, maybe you're going into labor. I'm like, but uh, you can't today. Um, <laughs> don't, don't tell your wife that. Um, I said, I'm preaching, you have to wait at least one more day. And so, um, uh, Pastor Rob called to see how he was doing, to pray with me, and I told him, and then, and he prayed, I was with him downstairs, and I went upstairs to Kelly, and she said, it's all gone, the pain. I feel great. And I told her, well, Pastor Rob just prayed for you. She's like, that's right when it happened, so... God wanted me to share this morning. He made sure that I could be here and not have to worry about her and uh, know that she's doing well. And um, our God is a miracle-working God. Amen. He has the power to heal as much today as, he, as when he was on earth and even more so, he says. He'll do these miracles even greater. So um, and I'm going to speak to you a little bit about miracles today. And um, I'm just going to share about some exciting things. I'm going to share a lot of stories today about things that have been happening. And... Um, some things you may not know about that have been happening. Now, it's been kind of neat the last couple of weeks. We've had, um, um, I shared four weeks, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, and Mark Dom shared two weeks ago on, um, on love infusion, about the fruits of the Spirit, and then Pastor Wayne shared last week on being rescued by Jesus. And um, there's been a neat theme, though, I feel like has been kind of flowing through all of the messages, and it's the idea that... Um, uh, as we go and as we start to shift gears as a church, there are some things that we're going to have to start to do differently. And there's some things God's calling us to. And you could feel that kind of flowing over into everyone, every one of those messages. And uh, God's preparing us. He's getting us ready as we start to get into our community, get more involved. And um, he's wanting to get us um, up to speed and ready for what he's going to lead us into. And I, I'm so excited. I'm the kind of person I love um, adventure. I love new things. Now, not everyone is wired that way. I understand that. Um, and so I had a couple friends growing up that were definitely wired that way. And it was great because you could just call them in a moment's notice and they'd be like, yeah, let's go. Where are we going? <laughs> but they didn't matter. They were in. And uh, um, I had one friend and he was ready at any moment. His name was Marcus. And he would come over to my house. He was kind of my friend... He was a bit like, I used to call him Kramer. So if you've seen Seinfeld, and you know how Kramer entered a room, he would throw open the door and just kind of come in and go like, hey, what's going on? And whatever was going on, he wanted to be a part of it. So um, he was always up for an adventure at a moment's notice. And I remember one time he came to me, I was uh, in January, and he said, oh, have you seen those rivers? He said, the, the ice is lightning, and boy, they're flowing fast. You want to go canoeing? And he was serious. He wanted to go canoeing. Now, Marcus is um, taller than me, but he is very skinny. 
And uh, so I had to tell him, I said, do you know what hypothermia is? And he looked at me and said, no. I said, well, it means the water's so cold, you're probably going to die in a couple minutes. And he went, oh, I said, I probably have about 20 minutes. But you, you've got three to five minutes, and you're not going to make it. Oh, okay. Uh, so we should wait a bit? <laughs> So we did go out in the spring when the water was still high, in wetsuits. I love adventure, but I do like to plan a little bit and be a little more prepared for it. But it's good to have friends like that who are ready at a moment's notice to head out and do anything. They're ready. They love the new. They love adventure. And I love adventure. If I go canoeing, and I'm a, I love to canoe, I like to try a new route every time. I just love the difference in the landscape, seeing something new, experiencing something new. Um, it just gets my blood going. I just love it, and I just take it in. And I often think of those explorers coming into Canada and seeing things like Niagara Falls or boating through the Thousand Islands or seeing any of our beautiful rivers up north, the French River, or any of those. You think, wow, God made all this. It's incredible. And what a, what a pleasure to be able to take it in. And there's something special about being the first, the first person to experience something or even the first time you experience something. I really feel there's something truly special about that. And so I was thinking about that as I'm getting ready to have my third child, and the memories are so vivid from the first. You can remember seeing it for the first time, holding a child for the first time, the first time you take your firstborn home. And not that it's any less important or special with the others, but the memories are more vivid, I feel, with that first one, because it's the first time. So I was kind of revisiting some of those this past week as I prepare to welcome my third child. And uh, I was thinking of other firsts that are really special. Uh, First time voting stuck out in my mind. First time driving, that definitely stuck out in my mind. Freedom. First time on a plane. Now, yeah, I lived out in the country, so that really was freedom. Um, First time on a plane. You'll remember that. My first time eating cheesecake. May not stand out for some of you, but for some reason I remember that one. My first Blue Jays game. My first time buying a house. That one sticks out. Um, my first time I purchased a vehicle, my first paycheck, I definitely remember that. So I was just thinking back on firsts and just thinking about this season as we get ready to do some new things and some firsts in our church and in our community and about it's exciting. It's really exciting. And and what can we expect? I was kind of thinking about that. What is it that we're going to enter into? What are we going to experience as we try to get involved in our community more, as we try and um, become a more visible part of our community? And we've been hearing about that as the elders have shared the vision um, for, the, for the church and for all of us. And we've been hearing about the idea of being somewhere that um, people can look at and go, hey, those are people ready to help. Those are people ready to plug in and they, they really care about us. And uh, just about, that's such a fresh and new thing. And I wanted to share a little bit. I feel like I've had a bit of a sneak peek and I want to share a little bit of that because we've been doing um, some neat community things in the youth group and we've seen some neat things happening. And I kind of feel like I've been reading some scriptures these past couple of weeks, and I feel like, you know, God backs you up when you go out. He's waiting. And when you put yourself in a situation where he can minister and can work, and he can speak through you into people who haven't heard from him before, he's excited. He's excited. And he's going he's gonna to work to confirm and to give you the words and to empower you. I'm going to share a little bit about that this morning. And we've been going through um, 
the fruits of the Spirit. And now we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit into some of the gifts and how God equips you when you go. He doesn't leave you to do it on your own. He's gifted each and every one of you with specific gifts through the Holy Spirit that will allow you and equip you and empower you to do the things he's called you to do. And some of us haven't even tapped into them the way we should. There's so much more there that God's wanting to um, bring out in our lives. And so the, the, my title today is Confirming Miracles. Confirming Miracles. And the reason I chose that is because God put two things on my heart that I want to share today. Two things. One of them is that I want to confirm with you today and hopefully encourage you that God is still at work doing miracles in our midst. So I'm going to share some stories with you right from in our own congregation, our own church of miracles that have been happening over the last little while. And then the other thing I want to share with you about is when you go and you share his word, that he confirms your message with the miraculous. And I think sometimes we forget about that, but I think we need to start to realize that we should expect that to happen when we go. So the verse I want to start with is in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, and it's a bit longer, but as, we, as I start to speak about the gifts of the Spirit, this is a passage of Scripture that kind of walks us through all the different ones that, um, that God empowers us with and gives us, the Holy Spirit gives us. So starting in verse 7, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So these are some of the gifts that are there for us through the Holy Spirit to empower us and equip us as we go out. These are all the works of one and same of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. God has gifts for us, good gifts that He wants us to use. <coughs> so I will get back to what I was saying about the, the youth group. I'm going to walk you through a couple of the things we've been doing and share some stories that have really encouraged me and um, have really shown me how God works and some of the things he's wanting to do in our midst and he will do as you step out of your comfort zone. And I have to tell you too, um, you're, you have some very courageous youth here at this church. So there are, there are places and things that they're willing to do that even myself and some of the other leaders were like, whoa, okay, I'm glad you're going ahead of me. All right, let's go see how this goes. And you watch them, you're like, wow. <clears throat> There's a boldness. So I want to share, we started something in our youth group called So. So. It's Stepping Out Wednesdays. So once every five or six weeks, we do an event where we actually go purposefully and do something in our community to bless the people in our community, to be visible to them, or to stretch us um, and uh, get us out of our comfort zone. So that's one of the things we've been doing. We called it So because it's about sowing into our community. We want to spread um, a little bit of the kingdom of God. Um, and then it also helped us remember that um, some of our Wednesday nights are for stepping out and getting uncomfortable. So the first event we did was um, a random acts of kindness night. And um, there were some, some things on that list that um, were easier. There were some things on that, on that list that were a little bit harder. 
Uh, let me just read to, you, read to you some of them. Here's some of the things that are on the list of the, for the youth. Uh, pay for part of someone's groceries. Now, we gave them some money, and they were to go and find someone that they could help um, purchase their groceries with. Uh, give someone a Tim Hortons gift card and just thank them for what they do. Um, give someone an encouraging note. Thank someone in uniform for what they do. Now, this one got some amazing reactions as one of the youth groups, one of the groups within the youth group went to the, the fire station, brought them donuts, and thanked them in person for what they did. Um, another group of youth went to Nithview Home, and they waited for one of the workers to come out after a shift change, went up, thanked her personally for what she was doing, gave her a Tim Hortons gift card, and uh, she actually broke down crying and thanking them that she'd had such a hard day, and she was like, she didn't think anyone cared, and then they came up to her, so... It's just amazing what happens when you go out there and look for opportunities to bless people. Um, another one was hand out a Bible, and that one was really hard. So many people rejected it. And no, I don't need that. No, I don't want that. And the youth came back shocked. They're like, people didn't want the Bible. <laughs> they were just like, that was the hardest thing on that list to do. You never know, right? So uh, clean up garbage somewhere. We are at the community center, the pool in town, and there were some youths just asking, can we clean up around here? Can we sweep? Can we do? And they're like, um, I think so. I think that's okay with us. Let me check with my manager. Um, <laughs> and then they let us clean up. And I guess they haven't been asked that before. Um, that was good. Uh, collect canned goods for the food bank. Uh, and even one of the times when we were in the grocery store, and I was the group I was with, and they, were, they went to the, the checkout and said, hey, can we give you this money? And it just goes towards the next person coming through for their groceries. And once again, the, the lady there said, I think so. <laughs> let me go check with my supervisor. And so she told us to stay there. She went over, and her supervisor came back with her and said, so is this true? You, you want to pay for the next person in line? And we said, yes. And she's like, yeah, you can do that. Okay. And then they asked, where are you from? <laughs> I don't know if they thought we were from Mars or where, but there they said, you know, where, where are you from? Why are you doing this? And we said, well, we're from Wilmot Center, and we're wanting to go out, get out and bless some people. And so as you go out, you're able to give some exposure to the church and show them that this is, this is what we're about, this is what we do. And uh, so that was a wonderful first experience, and the youth loved it. They said, can we do that again? Can we do that again? Well, we're going to do something different each time. So then we got out the next time, and we did prayer walks around their schools. So we had them in groups of whatever school they went to, and we drove them there. They did a prayer walk, but once again, I didn't want it to be too easy. So we had another really kind of hard aspect to it, and it was they had— they, we wrote up cards, and they signed them, all the people who went to that school, and then they had a gift card in there, and they had to go and give it to their principal or their VP. That was the night when um, um, grades 7th and 8th were being invited to come visit, so all the VPs and pr um, principals were at the school. So um, I was with the group, and I got to watch them hand it to one of their principals at uh, WO, and uh, once again, just kind of that dumbfounded, oh, wow, th this, this is for me? Why? <laughs> Why are you giving this to me? And um, it was Kaylee Gulliver who said, we just want to thank you for all you do and, and uh, how much work you put into it. And we want to be able to like, offer you any help if you need any. And we just want to bless you. And, and uh, the principal just didn't know what to do with that. He's like, thank, thank you. Uh, thank you. Wow. O okay. See you, see you guys on, on, on Thursday. You know, like, didn't know what to say. And it's, it's awesome to see that. Um, but we started to step out even more because... There's, um, there's so many different ways that you can touch people and you can interact with them and you can bless them as you get out and you, um, you seek to impact your community. And so we did, um, we teamed up with Rave Hope. We did some street walks downtown to see what it's like down there. What, where do you go for help? What is it like for someone living on the streets? 
Um, we did a poverty awareness night, um, and the youth raised 85 bus tickets to help out Rave Hope. Uh, and then we started to do some things that really stretched them even further and stretched us as leaders, and that was really challenging. We did our missions trip um, to Toronto, where we went into Toronto. There was a group of 16 that went, and um, some of the things they did there is they worked at a shelter, and they helped uh, distribute food. They helped um, fold laundry. They helped um, with whatever. They, I think they made 55 different beds to just prepare for that evening. And then they heard the story from someone who'd grown up on the streets about what it was like. Um, and then they had their big challenge on the Saturday afternoon. And the big challenge was we put them in groups of five, and then we, we went out with them as, as leaders and with um, our, the person organizing this, Pete Olson. And their goal was to find people on the streets who were begging or asking for something, go up to them, and this is what we told them they had to do. They had to go up and they had to get down on eye level with them. Maybe I'll do that over here where you can see a little bit better. They'd get down on eye level with them, shake their hand and say, hi, my name is James. Like, what's your name? And they had to make that eye contact. And then what they had to do is once they person told them what their name was, say, what can I get you that you need right now? What is it you need? Is there food you can eat right now? Have you eaten recently? Is there a drink you need right now? And, um, and then the, go- the goal was to send part of the group to go get that while the rest of the group stayed and spent time getting to know this person, talking to them, finding out their story. That was our goal. The end, the end of the day when we came back, they wanted to hear what were their stories, their people. And once we know more about them, we won't, we won't forget them and we can, we can help them better once we know who they are. And so there were some amazing youth. We went up right away, even without us leaders doing it first, Lucas Babich in my group said, yeah, I'll do it. I said, okay. And he went up to that first person, did it perfectly, and I was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And the man went like this. <clears throat> he couldn't speak. So that threw a wrench into everything, but it didn't stop us from being able to bless him. And so I stepped in, and then with Lucas and I, we asked him a lot of questions. He was able to say yes or no. He wrote some things out for us, and we ended up actually spending a long time with him. And he would tell us, and he told us about himself. His name was Ed. Thankfully, it's only two letters, so he was able to spell it out easily for us, and he chuckled about that too. And then we were able to provide him with a meal. And so we went throughout the afternoon doing that, and it was just such a blessing. And it was neat to see the kids get more comfortable with it. They got comfortable going up to people and offering them help. And uh, you have to practice it and get in the habit of doing it before it really becomes more natural, don't you? And I think it's, it's amazing to be pushed out of your comfort zone. And then we did something that really pushed me out of my comfort zone and a lot of the leaders. We went with a group, and we did some street evangelism. So there's so many aspects. You can bless people with, um, with food. You can bless people by serving them. You can bless people... Um, through even just uh, speaking to them, spending time with them, and then you can bless people by telling them about Jesus and being really intentional in that. And so that was our next aspect of stepping out. And this is where I really want to share about what we saw and what we can expect as a church as we step out. And it's very exciting, very exciting, some of the things that God started to do as we did that and really got out of our comfort zone, really stretched ourselves and went a little bit further. And so... um, in our church here, we actually have um, Helen Teshka. She's sitting there, and she was a part of getting our groups 
out there and involved in, um, in street ministry. Now, she goes out every week on Mondays, and she blesses people on the streets with food or with clothing. And um, she knows where to go. She knows a lot of them by name. And she's got a group that she goes with of people who are committed to this. And on Wednesdays, often Wednesdays or even at noon, is that right? Wednesdays at noon, you often go out and they pray with people. They just look for people they can pray with and spend some time with and bless them, pray for them if they have need healing, pray for them with whatever it is. And so they do that. And uh, she offered to come and help us do that as a group to train us because the leaders, we needed to learn how to do that before we could take the youth out there. And that, when I told the, the leadership team in a meeting that, we, okay, so we want to do this as a part of our sew nights, but um, we're going to have to do it first. We're not just going to make the youth do it. We are going to do it. And I'll tell you, I had some leaders go, really? <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to walk us through it? We're going we're gonna, to like, take it one step at a time? Yeah, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take it easy. We're gonna learn before we take them. And I said, we, we're not taking them there if we're not willing to go there. We have to be willing to go there. And so, um, I just want to share, um, play a little clip from Helen's story. If you don't mind, Helen, you've, this is on our YouTube channel, WCMC Life, and we have lots of people who share testimonies. And this is one of the videos up there. If you can roll, um, it's not about being a giant physically physically but it's about being a giant spiritually and that's what God looks for he looks for people who are willing to be giants for the kingdom and when I heard some of your story I thought here's a giant in our land for the sake of the kingdom one day I had to go to the store to pick up some things and as I walked into the store I saw a group of people off the side and um caught my eye right away there were about three three people praying for this one man that was it with cartridges and I go I gotta check this out so I quickly went and picked up what I needed spun around and went back and they were still standing there and they noticed me watching I was just standing there watching and they said are you interested I says yes the very first time I went out for, with a group they said, you just follow us around and watch. We went, uh, I think we were at Walmart at that time. And uh, we went around and just, um, they, they uh, went and talked to people and they prayed with people. And, and, um, and I'm going, wow, I, I'm, you know, I'm seeing God moving here. I, I see people being healed. So, wow. And, and we kept going. And then all of a sudden, before it was time to leave, they said, okay, Helen. This next person is your turn. <laughs> I, I go, what? Yes, yes. So they approached a woman, and strangely enough, her name was Helen. And she said, God picked this one out for you, Helen. So I thought, okay. I said, what do I do? This woman had gout in her feet, and she said her feet were really bad that day. That's why she was wearing Crocs. She couldn't wear her shoes. And uh, so... I said, okay. So I just bent down, very quick, just very simple prayer, you know, commanded the, to go and for her to be healed. And she goes, oh, yes. She says, that feels better. And I was shocked. I go, really? Are you sure? <laughs> and she says, yes. 
it, they felt great. And she walked off. I was just absolutely amazed. I thought, this, this is overwhelming for me. I thought God could even use someone like me. I, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm afraid to talk to people. You know, and, uh, but God just overrode all of that. And, uh, and I've been doing this. I've been going out every week with, with, uh, with a, this little group. And we go out to all different places. We've gone to different stores. We've, uh, right now, we've been going out to, to um, uh, by the City Hall on King Street. We've been ministering to a lot of the, the homeless. And we've started feeding some of them. And we've been getting clothing, some of them. And there's so much need out there right in our own community. We've been all over. And uh, God is really blessing blessing this and it it is really overwhelming for me I and it's just given me a hunger for more and more and I, I and I and I want to give God all the glory because obviously I, I am no giant <laughs> but uh, God is wonderful just get fired up when I see that and excited about what's happening and that someone in our church is a part of that and that we can be a part of that and we can see what happens when you do that and um, this is the group we joined um, there was a um, five of them that uh, led us out as leaders and uh, like Helen said she she's no giant but when you go you have a giant with you right in Christ and uh, so we went and joined them and as she was training us, we were walking through, what is it like to actually go out and really stretch ourselves beyond where we're comfortable? And uh, so the leaders, we went, and we joined into groups, and um, so many amazing stories came out of that. Um, I'm gonna, I'll share two, and there were lots that I could share, even just from when the leaders went. But um, uh, Randy and Chris Lichty sat down with a man um, near the end, an older man, and he couldn't even look them in the eyes. He, they just sat down and said, how are you doing today? What's going on? couldn't look him in the eyes just oh okay yeah um, and they they started to talk with him and they spent time with him and, and they learned about him and his story and what they found out is he'd been through a lifetime of reject rejection and um, he didn't think he was worth much and um, and then they started to pray over him and bless him and tell him how important he was in God's eyes and um, I, I walked by this group near the end I, I, I was coming back into the food court area where they were sitting down with him and I would have never known that's who he was at the beginning. He was looking up, making eye contact with them, and there was a twinkle in his eyes. And um, when he came and sat down with them, he even said his back was bothering him. And when they were done, they didn't even pray for his back specifically. They were praying for his emotional and spiritual needs. But he said his back felt better too. And they left him, and they were, they were, they were blown away by it. They had never, they'd never done that before, and they said to me, can we do that again? Can we do that again? It's contagious. Isn't that what Helen said? It's contagious. And uh, the group I was in, I was with Matt Guyverson and Pete, um, Peter, sorry. And uh, he's one of, one of the people in the group that goes. And he is also an introvert like Helen. And he has pushed himself beyond that to go and speak to people out of his comfort zone, way out of his comfort zone. And um, I was with him and he just had this way of just going up and just asking people how they're doing, getting to know them and then saying, hey, you know, is there anything I'm bothering you or pain or anything? Can I pray for you? 
And a lot of people did. He just had such a calm and natural way, and it was neat to see. And then we, I ended up being with him when um, we went up to the guy selling um, phones at a stand there. And um, I'm going to say this wrong, but it was Shaba, I think his name was. And um, he was limping. And uh, Peter said, you know, can we pray for your, pray for your foot? And he said, yeah, sure. And you don't always get that response from people. Um, people so many different responses from people. There were some people that uh, got angry when you asked if you could pray for them. There were some that uh, gave you the cold shoulder and walked away. There was even one person that cursed at some people in the group. But then you get someone who's receptive. And it's okay if you get turned away a couple times if you can find that one person that you can bless. That's what I was learning. It's, you're not looking for that experience every time. You're just there waiting for that one person. Maybe there's more. And so he got down and prayed for his, his leg. And Shabba said, you know, he started moving it. And he said, yeah, that's better. I can walk now. He said, I'm fine. And that was the first time I'd seen someone miraculously healed right before my eyes. And I was blown away. And uh, then Peter got to share the message with him. Who healed him? Jesus. And he started to talk to him about it. And at that point, people are receptive. <laughs> when they've seen the miraculous power of God, they're ready to listen. And so we, that was our experience as leaders, so we were excited. So then it was time to take the youth out and go in groups. And we went into the malls, and um, we went to pray for some people. We went to take, spend time just talking to people. And um, there are three, three youth um, who really had some amazing stories that came out of this. And I'm going to share those three stories with you. Now, they shared these in our youth group, but they were uncomfortable coming up here. And even though we videoed some of them, they were still uncomfortable with that. So I'm going to personally share them for them. And, uh, but just know that these are from some of the youth in our group and what they experienced. So um, one of the youth, um, Angel, was in a group, and they started to um, pray for some people. And uh, they went out, and then they found one person at a, a Walmart, and they were asking her how she was doing. She was in the medicine section. That's a good area if you're looking for someone who's um, maybe not feeling well. <laughs> you can kind of, they tip their hand that there's something wrong. And so... Um, they were there with this one lady, and they asked her, so what's wrong? And she said, my back is really hurting. I just am in a lot of pain. I'm trying to find something to try and help with that. And um, so uh, the leader in that group said, you know, Angel, do you want to pray for her? And Angel said, sure. And Angel's sitting down here right now. And she put her hands on her, prayed for her. Lord, just heal her back. Real simple. Real simple. There was nothing complicated about it. And the woman said, oh, it's better. Thank you. And they were able to talk to her a little bit afterwards. But again, like, you go... And the miraculous happens. God is healing God today, the same as he was yesterday, and the same as he'll be tomorrow. And um, another person in, in, in my group, so I got to see this, Kaylee Gulliver was with us, and we stopped with a man at a bench, and he, was, um, he had a walker, and he was in, he was in pain, and he, he, we got to meet him. We talked to him for a little bit about how he was doing and asked him about why he had his walker, and he told us about the arthritis and the pain he had all the time. And um, so we offered to pray for him too. And uh, there's something special and unique about youth or children praying for people there's this faith they don't have the doubts that we have they don't have the same kind of confusion when they pray they just pray and they're like well all right god's gonna do it and um so she prayed for him and he said oh yeah i don't feel any pain i don't feel any pain but people don't know what to do with that and then he said you know but it comes and goes or you know he, he was downplaying it he was like okay i'm not you know some people have to take some time to take it in and realize something miraculous has happened here and so we got to see that again. And we just, again and again, I'll share one more. Um, it was with the group I was with again, and it's, it's, it was never me praying over anyone. I was just riding along, watching God do his thing and watching him work through the youth. 
And uh, we went into a Walmart, and um, um, Nathan White felt um, a pain in his foot. And uh, we've been talking about how you hear God's voice. And he speaks through emotions. He speaks through feelings. He speaks through his word. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through many different ways. And we talked about sometimes when you feel a pain, that's because that's where you're supposed to pray or who you're supposed to look for to pray for. And we got in there, and we went to the back, and there were four teenagers, kind of, they'd taken over the outdoor furniture section, they had their drinks out, they were relaxing there, and we came in, and we just, you know, um, we were with our, our leader, Guy was his name, and he said, you know, hey, hey, you guys, weird question, um, any of you have any pain or anything bothering you? And the one guy held up his one foot, and it was um, in a cast. He said, my foot's hurting. What, what, what's, what's the pain level in your foot? And he said, it's, um, it's about a 7 out of 10, 7. And a uh, guy felt like he was supposed to ask Nathan to pray for him, and he hadn't known that Nathan had this pain in his foot, too, when we went in there. And he said, Nathan, can you pray for him? And, and Nathan said, sure. And he bent down and prayed for him, said, you know, in the name of Jesus, pain go away. And the guy said, well, that's actually a bit better. And he's like, yeah, I, I feel like it's at a 4. I, I feel better. So, well, then, and guy said, then we'll pray for it again. And so uh, Nathan bent down and prayed for it again, and he said, it's like a one, and he started moving. No, it's gone, and he started to move it, and he hadn't been able to do that before. And he's moving it around, and he's just like, what happened? Like, how did that happen? And then, and then the one girl there is like, is that a magic trick? What just, <laughs> what just happened? How did that happen? And so Guy then was able to share with them who healed them, and he shared his testimony with them about how he'd been healed and how Jesus had changed his life. And I've never seen four youth, randomly out of the blue, listening so intently to someone's testimony. And they took it in, and they asked questions afterwards. And these are some of the things that we've been seeing as we go and we get more involved in our community. God will confirm his message with miracles. And I want to confirm for you that he is doing miracles today the same as he did when he was on earth preaching. So the one verse I want to share with you, which was a key verse as we were going, and I'm going to share a couple. Uh, Mark 16 15 to 18. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. A verse is true today just as true as when, G when Jesus said it. So the one part in there too, it says go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel, when you're preaching the gospel, Jesus will confirm it through signs and wonders and through so many different ways that we can't even imagine, but he is with you every step of the way. The other part is believe. And those who believe, it says. We need to believe that he does the miraculous. When we go, we should expect it because he promises that it will happen. And we've been experiencing that. And I want to encourage you with that, that we need to start to expect it more, especially as we get out and we start to be more active in our community and we start to be more visible and we, start to, we want to start to speak out more. You should start to expect to see more. We should be an expectant people, always ready for God to step in and do the miraculous doesn't mean we focus on the miraculous. We focus on Jesus and preaching his message. That's what comes first. Preach the gospel. And when you're preaching the gospel, he will do these things. 
You know, Kenneth Hagin says, gifts of healing and supernatural manifestations are given primarily to advertise the gospel and to gain the attention of those outside the church. That's how Jesus used them. If you look at Jesus' life, when he performed miracles, it says, almost in every instance, he first went and preached to them. He taught them, and then afterwards, he treated their sick. And so he was focused on the number one miracle in everyone's life that can happen is your salvation. You're being saved guarantees you get a new body and a new life when you go to heaven. That's the ultimate healing that you can get. But afterwards, Jesus, his message was confirmed by the Holy Spirit, then healing people physically right there in their midst. And that's what he does. When we're, when we're faithful to speak his message and step out, he will work in the lives of those around us. The word that is translated as signs in this passage in Mark 16 also means attesting miracles, if you look at the Greek. Jesus' ministry was verified by many of these things. They were witnessed by people. He tells his disciples that attesting miracles will also follow them and verify their, their claims of the gospel message. I want to jump ahead to some quotes by Reinhard Bonnke. Um, and just... You know, as we, get, as we prepare to step out, as we prepare to do things and get more involved. Uh, one of his famous quotes, and it's slide 10, is, you ask for power to do nothing? Why do we ask God for to unleash, unleash the miraculous if we aren't willing to do anything? They're attesting. They follow after us as we step out and speak his message. Another quote he has, God always works with workers and moves with movers, but he does not sit with sitters. <laughs> if you're sitting at home, you shouldn't be wondering why you're not seeing the miraculous of God breaking out. He moves with movers. And we're looking to be movers. We're looking to be workers. We're looking to be more involved. And he's there right with us, ready. And he's moving with us. Another quote. If you are doing nothing, God doesn't need to give you any help in doing nothing. Go out and do something impossible for Jesus, and then God will help you. Now, Reinhard Bonnke has many miracles reported at his crusades. He's pre he preaches the gospel, and he gets out there, and he gives God opportunities to move and work. So my challenge today, are we stepping out and preaching to the unchurched? Do we believe that Jesus heals today? Do we expect it? Are we praying into him? Is that the, what, what, what we do when we're sick? And I've been challenged with that too as we've gone through a lot of sickness lately in my family and this has been a really tough pregnancy for my wife and it's hard to, rather than go to the doctor first or seek them out to seek out God and let him direct you and guide you every step of the way. He works through doctors. He works through everyone. Don't think that you, the doctors aren't going to help. They are. He uses them. But when you're in prayer with him, he guides you and leads you where you need to go. And he is working and healing. So Thomas Aquinas has a quote. It says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I think this is a dangerous quote. I'm going to tell you why. Because in 1 Peter 3.15 it says, always be prepared to make a defense to any who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. We're not supposed to speak if necessary. We're supposed to speak when there's opportunity. You're supposed to seek to have an opportunity to speak God's word into people's lives. 
and if we become too passive and we only focus on humanitarian, we're missing out on the whole aspect of the gospel and the difference it makes when we speak his word. The power of life and death are in the tongue. When you speak life into people's lives, that makes a difference. So it's a starting point. When you serve people, it opens doors, but we need to be ready to then speak. You preach the gospel and these things will follow after. I want to read from Mark 6:46 too. And Andrew Womack talks about faith often is not our problem. Our problem is unbelief. So I want to read you a couple of verses here. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. They didn't believe in the miraculous. They didn't believe that he could heal them. And his ability to work among them was limited. Do you believe that he can heal you? Do we believe that today in this church? We hear stories of it, and we're going to hear more and more of them, and we have to be reminded. When we hear stories of people being healed, that's, that's there to build our faith and to confirm for us so that we can believe and we can start to step into the miraculous more and more. Mark 9, 24, there's a passage there. And uh, a man says to Jesus, If you can, heal my son. And Jesus says, If I can? I feel like he said it like that, but maybe he didn't. But I feel like he's just kind of like, Really? If I can. And immediately in 924 we read, The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I feel like that's my prayer often. And I feel like that's what we need our prayer to be, but that's why we need to encourage each other with the stories of how Jesus is moving and how the Holy Spirit is healing us. As we head into a new season, there are new things coming. Are you prepared? Just as a youth team, we had to go out and prepare ahead of time. We had to go into those uncomfortable places and start to get ready to get out there into the community. We couldn't wait. We had to get ready. What are you doing to get ready? That's my challenge. We have a summer upon us where we have some time to reflect, kind of pull away from some things, um, spend more time with family, whatever it is you're planning on doing this summer. No. You have time before we start to really shift gears as a church and go in a new direction and really start to get into our community more. You have time to prepare yourself. What are you doing? Are you ready? Are you ready? Where's God calling you? What are your gifts? Do you know them? Do you know where you can serve? Are you plugging in in, all, in those areas? Are you ready? Are you ready? The miraculous is coming. When we step out, the miraculous follows. Jesus is with us. He's waiting for you often. He's waiting for you. And that's what we're finding, we're discovering as a youth team. This last time we were together as a youth group, the second last time, I asked the kids, I said to them, who would be interested in going out again? to pray over people. And over 80% of them put their hands up. It's contagious. It's contagious. They're excited. Now when they go, they know God's going to do something. He's going to move. If we're faithful to go and speak, even when it's uncomfortable, he's going to move. He's going to change hearts. He's going to work in people. He's going to bring about healing. And healing isn't always physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's everything. Just like that older gentleman that Randy and Chris were sitting with. You could see a difference in him just from having some time with some people to encourage him and speak into his life. Just like Ashley was sharing, 
Those seeds were sown as they went out and they spoke to people. There was healing that happened inside. There is healing. If I can just ask the worship team to come up as I close. And so what I'm asking you today, what are you doing to get ready? And we're going to have a ministry time up here because what God put on my heart is that some people here are coming here heavy burdened. Some of you have some things you're walking through, you're working through, and you just need a touch from him. You need him to restore you. You need him to speak into you. You need him to revive you. He is a miracle-working God. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.